Okay, welcome to another episode of Out the Rabbit Hole here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, also on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Robert Larson. This is our June 15th, 2007 edition of the show. And uh, before we get started, got a couple quick reminders for you. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of the KUCI staff or management or the UC Board of Regents. And also, I'd love getting feedback on the show, so uh, you can email me at rglarson at org. You can also hit me up on MySpace. That's myspace.com slash out the rabbit hole. All right. Because we have a news media with a uh, pro-corporate, pro-war bias and It's not always easy to get people to your anti-war website. You have to get creative to get your message out there. That's where freeway blogging comes in. What's freeway blogging, you may ask? Well, to answer that for us today is none other than the freeway blogger. There's a few people out there that are doing freeway blogging, but our guest today is the person best known for this, the person... Uh, doing the most of this. I think the person who popularized or uh, actually started the whole trend in uh, this country. And uh, he is uh, Scarlett from the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, Scarlett, we got you on the board? Yeah, thank you, man. All right. It's great to have you. Are you the original freeway blogger? Well, I'm not the first guy to put signs up on the freeway, but uh, I'm pretty much the first guy to really turn it into a science. And you, you are uh, the first person, I think, that people started referring to as the freeway blogger. Yeah, I came up with the term because uh, I wanted a way of seeing on the, the web where my uh, site was going. So if you come up with a unique word, uh, then you can just, you know, chart your progress through Google Hits. So, yeah, okay, and the website, it's uh, freewayblogger.com? Yeah, that's the main site, and I have a weblog where I keep track of our the, the daily progress of the revolution okay and and the yeah myspace as well myspace.com uh, slash freeway blogger i think yeah freeway blogger okay so uh yeah there may be a few people listening right now and go wait hold on what, what do you mean freeway blogging so let, let's get that out of the way well, i'll give it in in a nutshell <laughs> if if what you wanted to do was reach as many people as you possibly could uh, with a, a simple message, the only way to do it in this society is paint large signs and stick them next to freeways. And the reason for that is is once you stick a, a sign next to a freeway, people are going to read it until one of them takes it down. And if you're even the least bit clever about how you place it, that that can be a hell of a lot of people. I have had signs that have been read literally millions of times <laughs> simply because I put them in a place that was so difficult to get to but still easily seen from traffic that uh, nobody took them down for months in uh, a couple of cases. A guy just sent me a picture of a sign I'd stuck on a haystack next to I-8 outside of Yuma a year ago. And it's, it's just been sitting there for you know the past year. Oh, that, that's, that's great. So The, the other uh, thing that I've sort of revolutionized about it is I, I got rid of the bed sheets. I, I don't know who taught us that bed sheets were the way to go when making signs, but uh, 
it's cardboard. It's cardboard with a little bit of white paint on it. And then so long as you make your message readable and large, uh, it, it's just infinitely easier to work with and to place because cardboard's stiff. It holds its shape. Whereas with bed sheets, you have to anchor, you know, all the corners. And invariably, if you've seen a bed sheet sign on a freeway, you haven't been able to read it because at least one of the corners is blown off. Yeah, right, right. And so uh, I urge anybody who's uh, listening to the show right now who's not driving to, to you know, go to your computer and uh, go to the website, uh, freewayblogger.com, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, th- th- there's a little video on there, right, that, that has shows some of the signs you've made? Yeah, uh, a short movie using, uh, what is it, the Foggy Mountain Breakdown, I believe, is the soundtrack to it. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it really, the, the process is so simple. It's, you know, get a bunch of cardboard, paint it white, paint the message on it, throw it in your car, go find the right place to put it. And the that part, the determining what is like the perfect posting spot for a sign is as much fun and as interesting a strategic game as you'll ever you'll ever play. Because there are there are all kinds of situations on freeways where there'll be a, a piece of fencing that's a hundred feet from you and it'll take you 20 miles of driving to physically reach it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, because you've got to figure out, like, you're right there, but it's like there are fences and things and yeah. all these and barriers. If you're going, and... say, you're, you're starting off on a, a flyaway ramp or something, <laughs> the last thing you see is going it's, it's gonna to take you 20 miles to reach it. <laughs> and just finding those spots is uh, it's just a kick, you know, if nothing else. Never mind how necessary it is at this point. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. You you are are taking joy in this, and you have a passion for it, and, and that is great. And that that's you know, what really drives people to, to to do things. But you know, so let's talk about what it is you're saying because I mentioned at the beginning of the show we're talking about an anti-war message, and and uh, it's. Uh, we many of us go to to demonstrations, anti-war uh, events, and in marches, and all of this. And, and you have uh, thousands of other like-minded people, so you're not really convincing too many people uh, of anything. They're already convinced, and the news media generally isn't covering this too much. So it's like, well, uh, the, let's put it this way: I can put up a sign that says something as simple as "The war is a lie." Okay, we all know the war is a lie. I put up signs, oftentimes two parts that say, the war is a lie, and you know it. Um, because we do know it. But here's the thing. You will, you will almost never hear those words on any corporate media outlet. You know, you'll say that it was the product of disinformation. You'll say that it was the, the product of stovepiping intelligence or a a tragic mistake or something like that, but you will never hear them say it was a lie. And the thing is, is most wars are are, are built on lies, if not all of them. Mm -hmm. But this one was built on the the shoddiest, you know, the flimsiest of lies that pretty much fell apart, you know, right at the beginning with... uh, Joe Wilson coming out on the the yellow cake thing. Oh well, you know, I mean, it, the lie. It was apparent that it was a lie before it started. There were people uh, such as Hans Blix and Scott Ritter who was saying that the WMD threat is really non-existent. And, and you know, right? Yeah, so the, well, and the whole notion that Iraq was a threat 
to us. I mean, we <laughs> we, we spent what six hundred billion dollars on our military or something, and and apparently it's still not enough to to take South Waziristan, you know, <laughs> where Osama bin Laden is hiding out. You know, that's the kind of bang we're getting for our buck with our military, <laughs> and uh, it's just. It's just tragic what they can get away with in the fog of war. Uh, $8.8 billion missing. Cash. Cash. $8.8 billion missing. And, uh, and we're not you know, saying that figuratively. Shoulders, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So what was Whitewater? Whitewater was $20,000 that may have been, you know, in an iffy tax frame or something like that. Nevertheless, we heard about Whitewater for uh, years. Yes. So, so anyway, the, so the whole anti-war message is not getting out there in, in the mainstream media. They they are are it's, it's a total pro corporate agenda. Who most of these corp or a lot of these big corporations make money off of the war one way or another. So the, you know the message was not getting out there. These these uh, news conglomerates. Uh, don't practice real journalism the way that they used to. Very rarely do you see that. And so these truths are not getting out there. And and you do this very simple thing by putting, you know, it's like, okay, how can I reach people? It's really hard to get people to go to a website. It takes time to build up that. You're like, everybody in Southern California or Northern California, in the big cities, they're on the freeways a lot. I've got a captive audience. With any major urban freeway, you have 200,000 people passing by a spot every day, and that's per direction. Um, if you put a sign in that spot and it stays there for the day and it's re- relatively visible, you have a hundred thousand plus viewers. You know, if you wanted to, let's say you lived in Chicago and you thought people should think more about the situation in Darfur, all you would have to do is paint the word Darfur really big ten times put it next to the freeways in Chicago. By the end of the day, you would have had 500,000 people think about Darfur when they wouldn't have otherwise. And another thing is, no matter what you put on your sign, when you put a sign on a freeway, it says two things. It says what it says, but two, it says that somebody cared enough or felt enough about what it said that they painted a sign and actually stuck it on the freeway with the express purpose of sending that message to as many people as they possibly could. And, boy, if that ain't the heart of what participatory democracy is supposed to be, I don't know what is. Yeah, and it's it's so uh, brilliant in, in a certain way in the sense that you, you, you make a big point of this, of that how cheap it is monetarily. I mean, that literally for a couple bucks, you, you, I mean, you can get a piece of cast-off cardboard out of a dumpster uh, get some paint that you probably have sitting in your garage, and y- y- basically you've spent nothing. Yeah, no, <laughs> cardboard and paint. And then what I do, the way I affix uh, cardboard to fencing, and this is important. I don't know w- what people were thinking of before. You put the sign on the inside of the fencing. You don't put it on the outside of the fencing directly over the freeway. Anything you you write can be read through the fencing just fine. Mm-hmm. And the difference is inside the fencing is perfectly safe. Outside the fencing is, is absolutely ridiculous and dangerous. So what I do is I just put the, the cardboard against the fencing and strap a bungee cord uh, across the back. It takes literally five seconds. Maybe a bit of duct tape and one of the corners to anchor it, and 
I'm gone. <laughs> so that's what that's why I can work in in broad daylight because really all I am is somebody carrying a folded up piece of cardboard for five seconds. I'm a guy putting up a sign, and then I'm just a guy walking away. <laughs> so uh, and another thing I do is I wear one of those uh, orange safety vests. It makes you look legit. You're an it's, official. You're working on the highways. It's like a cloak of invisibility, practically. You know, <laughs> everybody's oh, that's a highway worker guy. Just never mind him. <laughs> yeah. Another another thing about the highways is, or the sides of the freeways is they're literally they're no man's land. Um, everything that faces a freeway, it's usually the very butt end of parking lots, and uh, you know, the only people I ever run into are uh, homeless. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the people who who, who you'll find alongside the freeway and you can wander around there for hours especially with one of those orange vests on and no one is going to ask you you know what you're doing you're (laughs) i love it that's just so uh it's uh like it's almost like performance art in uh, you know it's uh yeah Excellent. This is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine. I'm Robert Larson speaking today with the freeway blogger, uh, Scarlett from the San Francisco area. And we're talking about his uh, wonderful work that he does uh, actually all over the place. You, you don't just do this in California. You, you, As you mentioned already, you were in Yuma, Arizona, and you, you've gone to several states doing this sort of thing, right? Yeah, I keep it pretty much to the west. I'll go... Uh Arizona and New Mexico. I, I I went through Texas last year, and uh, you know I hate to say it, but the problem with Texas is that once you've been there for a, a, a few hours, you no longer really care so much for the country, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so uh, oh, I'm, no, uh, I have a few good friends in Texas. They're they're not all all like that. <laughs> oh, I want that. It's, it's a different it's a different scene in Austin. Oh God, West Texas can just suck the life out of you sometimes. <laughs> right now I'm driving from San Diego up to Seattle and doing uh, just the entire West Coast. And by the time I'm done, it, I will have reached literally about 10 million people. And, and that may be underselling it. And so how did you get started doing this freeway blogging? The first, the first thing I put up, I had just, the Bush v. Gore decision had come out, and I had gone to a demonstration in San Diego uh, that they held it in like this tiny little corner of a park where we were guaranteed not to bother anybody, you know, and it was so frustrating, and the, and the, the protest itself was, was so weak that, um, I, uh, when I was driving home, I saw this mattress on on the on ramp, and it been it was an on ramp that I saw every day, and I saw the mattress there every day, and I was so sick of so many things at once that but I focused it all on that damn mattress, <laughs> <laughs> and so all I did is I just pulled over, I had some spray paint in the truck, and I just spray painted 1776 through 2000 RIP on the mattress. Oh, that's great. That's and great. then I just leaned it up against a palm tree and, and drove off. You know, I was just so sickened by what, what was going on in the country. I really felt that, you know, democracy died when we decided we weren't going to count the votes. And uh, I, I may have well been right. <laughs> yeah. Things haven't been so great since then. Uh, yeah. So anyway, five hours later, the mattress is still there. At least 5,000 cars have passed by this thing, and not one of them pulled over, walked 10 feet, 
and just knocked over the mattress, not one. And so I, I thought, you know, more people have seen that mattress than saw that protest. And there were about 400 of us at the protest. And that's when I realized, you know, everybody drove by thinking the next guy was going to take it down. And so long as that dynamic holds, you can, you can get away with a lot. And I'm telling you, there is nothing quite like seeing a really big sign you've put up by a, a freeway and, and seeing it there four days later and knowing, wow, half a million people saw that. And it cost me yeah, a dime, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that that's great. I mean, it's just like I, you know, if you put a bumper sticker on your car, you know, maybe a couple hundred people are going to see that when you're driving around on on a good day. Mm-hmm. But uh, and then when you're in a parking lot, somebody who disagrees with your message is going to scratch uh, up your car. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I know from and uh, you run the same risk by uh, you know, with yard signs. You know, unless they're absolutely innocuous and guaranteed not to upset anyone, don't. Don't put it in your yard. That's the last place you want to put it. This is one of the few countries on earth where we're allowed to use public property for political free speech. And they're very clear about that. So long as it's non-commercial, political free speech, you're allowed to use pretty much all public property. You can't stick signs on nuclear power plants, you know, (laughs) but within reason, you're allowed you're allowed that. It's, in fact, one of the most protected rights we have. Now, people are squeamish about using freeways, and if a cop sees you doing it, he's going to ask you to stop. Let's face it. <laughs> but, um, you know, once all those flags went up on overpasses after September 11th, that pretty much opened the floodgates. That set a very direct and distinct precedent for using the freeways as a forum for political speech. And, you know, there was a time to put flags up on overpasses, and there's a time to put up signs that, say, impeach the murdering bastards, you know? <laughs> so, so as far as you are aware, putting these signs up on the freeway overpasses is totally legal? Absolutely. Oh. I have been caught eight times by police, and each time it was with no more consequence than, look, take the sign down. And, um, you know, this is... It's still America. Ain't nobody going to jail for sticking up a sign. And uh, it's quite possible that someday I may get arrested for it, and I'll be able to walk into a court of law and say, you know, look, so many people have died for my right to do what I just did. I think we can just call it a day, you know, because uh, free speech, they the Founding Fathers didn't give us free speech as some kind of nicety. You know, it wasn't just like window dressing. It was specifically for, well, for times like these. You know, when the, the media has become just a, an appendage of the government uh, and when the entire, <laughs> when 70% of the, the people think that, like, the wrong guy attacked us on 9-11, you know, when you have to speak out just to set the record straight, well, they can't stop you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so you haven't even had as much as a ticket for anything you've done? No. I had one guy, he was working with Department of Homeland Security. He was San Francisco PD, but also working with DHS. And we went through the thing where he cuffed me and took me down to the station and, you know, all that. And 
and I can deal with cops very easily because the best thing that could happen would be for me to get arrested and for this to go to court and for once and for all people to know, oh, yeah, this is America. We are allowed to put up signs. But, uh, you know, at the end, of, the end of, you know, 20 minutes or so, they just let me go. And the last thing he said to me was, uh, you be careful out there putting up those signs. <laughs> and uh, and in what tone of voice did he use? I mean, was it sort oh, of... Oh, he was a great guy. I mean, what was so funny is he was really, he was trying to frighten me. Um, you're in a lot of trouble now. You know, you can't do this without a permit. You know, it's like, <laughs> the First Amendment is all the permit I need. But the thing was, is he looked so much like Paul Simon, <laughs> whom I, I really like. I, I used to buy Simon and Garfunkel albums all the time when I was a kid. That I just liked him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it really, it really took a lot of the uh, the bad cop out of the, the sales. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so uh, I, I suppose that Homeland Security or the FBI or somebody is is uh, well aware of you, and uh, we we know that they're. Uh, oh yeah, it's not like I wear gloves. Yeah. You know, I mean, my fingerprints are all over these things, and I've put up over 4,000 of them now on uh, freeways. So uh, if <laughs> if this were illegal, uh, I'd be in jail, I, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So uh, your two uh, main issues are uh, the war, getting that out there to people that the war is a lie, and you know it, and you should do something about it, and, and impeachment is in the sense that we need to impeach the people who lied us into this war. Uh, we <laughs> we need to we need to try and bring our troops home, and we need to try the people who sent them. I think is uh, the next sign I'm working on. But uh, it's not so much that we need to impeach this guy. We just need to put signs up that say impeach this guy, and we need to put them everywhere. And the reason for that is so that other people from other countries will know that at least we're trying. You know, this whole business where, like, once or twice a year, we all get together in a large group and carry little signs for each other to read just doesn't make sense. What does make sense, as I said before, is making big signs and putting them next to freeways. <laughs> Freeway blogging. Yes, that's what we're talking about today. And, uh, you know, taking a very low-tech, low-cost way of getting hundreds of thousands of people to see your message, a message that, that uh, is not uh, getting out there and through uh, the mainstream corporate media or other means. And uh, so, yes, so we, yeah, we're talking to the person uh, best known for freeway blogging, the freeway blogger, uh, Scarlett from uh, Northern California. And uh, so uh, what's, uh, what's the most signs you think you've ever uh, put up in a day? I tried to do a hundred uh, one day, and uh, it fell fell around uh, eighty seven, I think. And I had enough time to do that last seventeen, but I was just like, ah, that's enough for one day. Um, what What's happened is that I have the California coast, especially, so dialed in at this point. I know where all the the really good spots are that. Uh, you know, I can I can honestly reach two or three million people in uh, in a day or two uh, just driving around and placing signs. the The trick is is to have a lot of signs, and I use an overhead projector and, like I said, just cardboard and paint, and I can crank out fifty signs in a night just uh, you know using some cardboard and duct tape, 
And like I said, it costs whatever the paint costs, which is nothing. And uh, it's fun. It's relaxing. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the sign painting uh, experience is just, you know, put on some music and kind of drift off. It's, it's art, I guess. I mean, when, you, when it's pursued properly, you get to practice art. You get to practice rhetoric and, you know, getting a message in as short and meaningful a way as possible. And then you get to practice this whole thing where you're driving around performing these little guerrilla acts, you know, (laughs) and it's, I don't know if it's lengthening or shortening my life, but God, it is fun. Well, I think it's, it's, yeah, definitely improving the quality and uh, I would say lengthening, uh, your your life as long as you're careful. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned the overhead projector thing. For people who aren't familiar with that technique, that's where you you maybe you print out a little uh, you know eight and a half by eleven size sign on from your computer, and then you use one of those overhead projectors and you project it onto a wall so it blows it up, and then you can you 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 trace over that or how does that work? Yeah, you uh, you print onto a transparency. And then the transparency goes on the overhead projector, and you shine that onto the cardboard. And you can turn any room into a, an art studio just by leaning some two-by-fours against the, the wall and then putting some spring clamps. And, uh, you know, that's how I do it. You don't, it doesn't really require a lot of room. But, uh, yeah, then you just trace the letters on the, uh, on the cardboard and then paint them in. Um, I... Uh, I can, you know, make a sign that says, let's just say the war is a lie, that's, you know, six by ten feet. I can make one of those in uh, eight minutes, <laughs> and it doesn't cost anything. And, <laughs> and it looks fantastic next to a freeway, trust me. I think one of the, the other problem that we've been doing, the people who, who would put up signs would... If they weren't using bed sheets, they were using butcher paper and, like, I don't know, marks a lot pen or something like that. And it's, if you've got a message, make it look good. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it has an effect. And uh, with computers and the overhead projector, you can use any font, any style, any size. It's a kick. Yeah, and you, uh, one of your messages you have is... Uh... Osama been forgotten, and you know that's just—it's so simple, but it says so much. And it's just like we're doing all this crazy stuff. Of the, started this whole war with Iraq and all this thing, and we're like, wait a minute—we were told Osama bin Laden was the one that attacked us. What is that? Just that was the- just—that <laughs> was the most bizarre chapter of this nation's history <laughs> I think there's ever been, <laughs> where we collectively transferred blame. You know, it was tantamount to attacking Korea after Pearl Harbor, you know? <laughs> I, I don't think Roosevelt would have been able to get away with that, but I, <laughs> I think if he were president today, he would have. You know, apparently we are just... <laughs> well, with oh, the help of, of Fox News and uh, other uh, propaganda outlets, you can get away with uh, incredible things. Oh, I was thinking of calling uh, Sony and complaining that my television, for some reason, hated Syria, you know? (laughs) There's something wrong with my TV. It hates Syrians now. It's 
it's amazing. That was the, the lesson I got from 9-11 was after 9-11, I started listening to hate radio. I started listening to the O'Reillys and the Savages and the Hannity's, and I realized this is the damn problem right here. That yeah. These voices were spewing this crap to so many millions of my countrymen. And what the, the rest of us were, were told, uh, uh, write to your congressman, you know, have a, a, a candlelight vigil or something. While you've got Bill O'Reilly, you know, streaming into 20 million households, candlelight vigils and writing to our congressman ain't going ain't gonna to do it. <laughs> so, so anyway, so you have actually come up with a uh, way to, to deal with these uh, right-wing uh, hate mongers and uh, did some actually some humorous thing. And let's get into that in a little bit. Uh, what I want to do now is we're going to go to a little musical break just for a few minutes, and uh, then we'll talk about that after the music, okay? Okay, man, peace. Uh, all right. This is Out the Rabbit Hole, KUCI in Irvine, out, uh, and I'm Robert Larson. We'll be right back. The music of Chris Christofferson, a thing called In the News. This is Out the Rabbit Hole. I'm Robert Larson. It's KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Also on the web at KUCI.org. Uh, we're having a conversation today with uh, the freeway blogger, uh, Scarlett, uh, from Northern California. Uh, yeah, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah. You can refer to me as the most widely read political commentator in California. <laughs> okay, I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did, did you like that song? Uh, I did. A, a bit downbeat, but uh, <laughs> man, the one I love by him is uh, Jesus Was a Capricorn. I'll have to check that one out, is it? Yeah. Yeah, he ate organic foods, talked a lot about peace and love, didn't wear no shoes, <laughs> long-haired beard and sandals and a funky bunch of friends reckon we just nail him up if he come down again <laughs> all right well i'll have to check that out that's that's uh yeah great message he, he is, has a way with words and uh, yeah that was a bit of a downer song but it seemed uh, uh germane to, to what we were discussing today but you know it, but that, that's the thing you you are not down about these things even though we're talking about some really grim uh things going on you, you uh keep upbeat and you 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 like I said earlier, you take a joy out of doing this and getting this message out and say, hey, you know, this is what we got to do. We got to at least try. Yeah, it's our humor is our best weapon. As they said in the, uh, the I think it was the Spanish Civil War, you know, the, uh, the leftist said, you know, they may have won the war, but we had all the good songs. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the thing. The, the peace movement has to, you know, we, we got to use our artists more, you know. And because uh, the boy, the the politicians are failing us right and left. They sure are, and uh, yeah, we don't, and we don't want to just be screaming angry people. That 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 uh, then we're just like the uh, O'Reillys and uh, savages. And and actually, so yeah, we mentioned that before the musical break. There that <laughs> you you know as well as doing this freeway blogging and putting signs up along the freeway, you thought, hmm, you know, we've got these guys twenty four seven, coast to coast, border to border, uh, doing this radio and TV. Uh, uh, right-wing hate uh, spew, and uh, what what can we do about that? And, and well, you had a kind of humorous solution. Well, I used to spend a lot of time on hold trying to get through to some of those guys, and the the way you do it is to affect a, a slight drawl or Midwestern accent and, uh, you know, get through the screener any way you can and then try to ambush them, and uh, that can have... Uh, some uh, amazing results. I was able to, 
you know, uh, explain to the whole Fox News Live listenerhood just exactly what the effects of, you know, uh, high explosive bombardment on ground troops was. And uh, it's not, it ain't pretty. And <laughs> during the course of this, uh, I was, I was uh, literally making Alan Combs sick. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll spare your listeners some of the, the gory details. But uh, Well, you have some transcripts uh, of these calls uh, on the website. Yeah, fun with hate radio. Yeah, and, and I, I got a kick out of the, the one, uh, Michael Savage. Uh, <laughs> Can I, do you mind if I tell that to your listeners? Uh, as long was, as there's no uh, <laughs> words that are going to uh, upset the FCC. Yeah, no, uh, he had just gotten, he had just lost his TV show because... Uh, uh, Someone had heckled him, and he uh, lost it. And I, <laughs> I somehow managed to bring the conversation to a point where I could say to him, does your mother still cry when you try to seduce her? <laughs> and I swear, I know they, they, they cut that out, but he heard it, and he damn near had an aneurysm. So, and I floated around for three days after that. My God, if there was anybody who needed to be brought down a notch or two, it's him. And then... Of course, the rest of them too. Yeah, yeah. So, so what you do on these shows is that you 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 have to be on hold for quite a while. You call in, and and when you get to the call screener, you, uh, you say yeah. something about the subject they're talking about, but in a way that you think the host is going to like. It, but you know, then yeah, you... and you give yourself an opening. You 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 plan out in advance at least one sound bite that you're going to get through before the thing is over with. And uh, then if uh, they haven't cut you off yet, you know, figure out what you're going to say. Because uh, apart from putting signs on freeways, talk radio is the, the second best way of getting a message out. The trouble is talk radio, like writing letters to the editor, like just about any other form of media, it's corporate filtered. You know, you can't really say what you want to say because they'll cut you off. Mm-hmm. But uh, when, when you put a sign on the freeway, it says precisely what you want it to say. So, yeah. So the freeway blogging is still your, your number one uh, recommendation. For no, getting... no better form of protest, no more effective form, and no, uh, no quicker way to save this poor democracy, I'm telling you. Because that is the, you know, the problem, the problem with media is that it, whether it's, you know, uh, overtly or subconsciously, it teaches us that what we think doesn't matter. What matters is what the guy on TV is saying. What matters is what the rich people are saying, you know? Uh, I put up a series of signs that said simply, I'm tired of hearing what rich people think. (laughs) Um, You know, the average American citizen is exposed to about three three or four thousand messages a day and every single one of them is generated by uh, a corporation. I mean, they're, they're selling you something all the time. And uh, one thing about a sign on the freeway is it's, uh, it's the only thing you'll see that was generated by an individual. Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, it is, I know you talk about the joy of actually doing this, but uh, there is a joy in just seeing these signs, and I've, I've seen a few uh, around here in Southern California, some of them may have been yours, and, and you just get a, a really good feeling that, that oh wow, I, I know that message, I agree with that message, but there are going to be thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands, seeing that message who maybe don't agree with it or haven't ever thought of it, and now they're having to think about it. 
Yeah. Uh, Especially if you're somewhat cryptic about it. Um, That helps, too, because by the time they've figured it out, they're already a mile down the road. You know, it's long past the point where they can do something. Probably my best one for that was uh, along, alongside uh, Nobody Died When Clinton Lied was uh, we're all wearing the blue dress now. <laughs> and that was a, a gentle way of saying that. Uh, we're all being screwed. Yeah. <laughs> George Bush was doing to an entire country what Clinton was doing to an intern. Yeah. yeah like it, I said, by the time you get that, you're already a mile down the road, you know. <laughs> well, see, you seem to know a thing about propaganda, and in in this whole thing is that that it's uh, and I mean propaganda in the good sense of getting a good message out there. That that you you have to do this thing where you you don't hit them over the head. It's something that's kind of hidden a little bit underneath, and that way it sort of sinks into the subconscious. It's before they've had a chance to reject it. It's already kind of gotten into their head. Yeah, and you can do that physically with this art form. When you're, you're driving, first off, anyone listening who is interested in doing this, just do this one thing. Next time you're driving, look at everything you can see and imagine what it would be like to put a sign there, how difficult it would be to reach the place and how many people would see it. And once you get into that mind frame, the whole experience of driving it becomes a new and much more interesting kind of thing. You can drive down a road you've driven a thousand times before, but now it's like a canvas. You know, now it's like uh, something you can do art with. Mm-hmm. But, um... Well, yeah, I think I think art and, and humor are, are the antidotes to the, the fear that they're uh, trying to sell us, The those that uh, profit off of war. Oh, yeah, and oh my God, what... You know, the ones who sell the bullets are the ones who call the shots. And until we can, you know, if you want peace, just take, take the profit out of war. You know, I mean, we are not going to have, we are not going to have peace or any kind of social justice in this world until we can somehow convince the very rich that they have enough money. Because I think that is really, you know, the, the root of our problems. Well, yeah, I I, I don't uh, disagree with that. It, it's uh, right. It's but how to do that? And I think you you're making good steps in the right direction, and and actually huge steps in in reaching a lot of people. And and so anybody else who wants to get involved in freeway blogging, uh, I would just tell them uh, go to your website. You, you you have very simple instructions there, and uh, they they don't need really anybody to hold their hand. It's it's a very simple thing to do. They can just go ahead and do it. Very much the the core of this is that you can do it all by yourself. You don't need to organize. You don't need to get together with friends. You just got to get the cardboard and the paint and, uh, and do your job. Uh, I think one of the real stumbling blocks we've had on the left is this almost paralyzing insistence that we all get together and organize. You know, there's... There's a time and a place for that, but not for everything. Um, it's amazing. It's just amazing what one person can uh, pull off. And uh, that's really what we need to start exploring a bit, is just asking ourselves, what is the most useful thing I can do with the resources I have, the resources and the talents I have? And if we can tap into that, you know, just what people have inside them, not what people are able to do when they all get together in a big group, but just each one of us 
who knows? You know, I mean, some of us will be, you know, I don't know, performing interpretive dances in the forest and maybe not having that big an effect. But, you know, if you've got an overhead projector and a pickup truck, my goodness, you can reach a lot of people. <laughs> you must have some interesting anecdotes from some of your outings. Any, anything you could share with us of just people you've run into, uh, some homeless people, uh, their reactions to you, or, or oh. any kind of odd stories that part of part of the game part of the excitement for me is specifically just being stealthy and not getting caught um i do it so much though that uh i uh i have run into to angry uh citizens from the republican party let's say (laughs) and um And fortunately, in most cases, in in both those cases, I was physically much larger than my assailant. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but no, I had I was flying a flag upside down during the the vote non recount in 2000. I had a guy in full dress Navy uniform come up to me, and while well, I was taking a picture of it, and he said, "You know, I want to know why you're displaying the flag like that," and I just told him. The international signal of distress, and you know they're not counting the votes, so uh, that's why I'm flying the flag like that. And I was a foot taller than he was. So <laughs> what was his? Uh, his I do it, have I do have people who follow me, or who have dedicated their lives to taking down my signs. And um, man, they. They used to just tear them in half or in two or three pieces, which was so easily duct taped back together that they've learned now to tear everything up into tiny itty bitty bits, which, you know, can be a. It sometimes takes them longer to destroy my signs than it takes me to make them. Oh. And the real funny thing is because I can strike anywhere at any time, I could do this for a hundred years and no one would ever catch me. So is is there a, an anti freeway blogger site? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, there's a I, there's a contingent of them. One of the funny things was I was putting back <laughs> together a, a a sign, and I noticed that the guy had stabbed it with like a pen knife or something. It had all these little <laughs> puncture marks in it. I thought, oh man, I don't want to run into him. <laughs> This guy's got some issues going on here, uh, but uh, so yeah, I think that's a, a sign of success that they have to have a, a whole group of people or a little movement that's trying to be against what you're doing because they, they've uh, you've made such an impact. They well, feel. in a in a in a way, those people are my brothers. You know, they get it at least. You know, I have more in common with them who are willing to go out of their way and get out of their car and take up the take down the sign, tear it up, stab it, whatever, uh, than with all the people who just go by and say, you know, well, I don't agree with that sign, but it's not my job to take it down. And uh, so at least, you know, my uh, my loyal opposition, we'll call them, I I get where they're coming from. You know, at least they're playing the game. Yeah, so, so you have this degree of respect for them because, yeah, at least they're involved and they're not they're participating and they're not just saying that democracy is a is a non participation uh, sport. Yeah, and they do me a favor, you know. I mean, it wouldn't be fun if the signs just stayed up, you know. I mean, the fun is in figuring out ways of making them stay up. So, uh, but I got to tell you, these days the signs are staying up a lot longer than they were, you know, two or three years ago.
Oh, yeah. Well, I think it, what is the, the most recent polls are, you know, people opposed to the wars and the, the 60, high 60 percentage range, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, who would have thought a lifelong failure would make such a lousy president, you know? That's, <laughs> it's almost like everyone's eyes suddenly started, oh, yeah, hey, he's an imbecile. <laughs> Well, yeah, but he's still got a a year and a half left in office, and and, uh, we still need to uh, be vigilant. uh, Yeah, well, depending uh, on what happens, I may just go to Europe and and just start apologizing to, you know, all the major cities, putting signs up outside, you know, saying, hey, I'm sorry, I don't know what happened to us. Yeah, yeah, and and we've got... I, I can't imagine that we'd get somebody worse for president, but we have some people running who don't seem all that much better, you know, so we, we need to be uh, concerned about that as well and uh, just uh, need to uh, be involved on an individual level. And that's, I think, what you are, your main thing is that... It, yeah, it's, no, it's it's good. You got to keep a stiff upper lip and you got to keep fighting, but I'll be honest with you, 2008 just scares me to death. <laughs> I have no idea where this country is going next. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you keep putting the signs up there and doing what you're doing. And uh, just uh, any uh, last uh, comment you want to give out there, or if you encourage people, or what you want to Don't say? be scared. Don't okay. be scared. Figure out what you want to say. You know, put it in as short a message as possible, and uh, just give it a try. Because I'm telling you, the... The feeling of empowerment you can get from this, uh, you don't get it very often in this society. Let's put it that way. Okay, and so, yeah, I encourage people to go to your website, uh, freewayblogger.com. You also got a MySpace, and uh, just uh, look up the Freeway Blogger on MySpace, and uh, people can, uh, I- I'm telling you, it's, it's, he makes it very simple. It takes you a few minutes just to look at what he does and how to do it, and then you can create your own signs in a few minutes and have fun. Go out there and put these on the freeway. Get involved, and don't wait for other people to do things. So, uh, uh, Scarlett, the Freeway Blogger, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, too, man. Peace. All right, peace and uh, talk to you again sometime, okay? Okay. Bye now. Bye. All right, that was the Freeway Blogger, Scarlett. He is from uh, Northern California, and uh, go to that website, uh, freewayblogger.com, and see what we're talking about and uh, get involved. And uh, got just a few minutes left here. Uh, next week, I am supposed to have uh, as my special guest, uh, Jeremy Scahill. We'll be talking about his book, Blackwater, The Rise of the World's Most Powerful Mercenary Army. That's next week. Uh, Will Bruzo's coming up in uh, just about four minutes here with the Aggressive Moderate, so stay tuned for that and uh, I'm, I'm going to close out my show here with a song from Los Dugans you may remember them as being uh, my in-studio musical guests a few weeks back and they're uh, playing around town and uh, just great music they've got a, a CD release party next week at uh, Molly Malone's in Hollywood so you may want to think about that but anyway uh, yeah uh, I'll be with you next week this is Robert Larson saying until then it's Out the Rabbit Hole KUCI in Irvine <laughs>